sometimes I think someone in government waits until they know we've recorded our podcast and then they make big announcements. <laughs> yeah, so we did a big track about David Chandler and now on Sunday night um, the government issued, Dominic Perrottet's office issued his um, statement about David Chandler. Well, actually it was a statement about Eleni well, Pettinos. Well, right. <laughs> We'll be talking about Eleni Pettinos and Dominic Perrottet's response to complaints about her behaviour when we come back. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for domain. And this is the flat chat wrap. Okay, last night, as you said... The Premier of New South Wales issued a statement about Eleni Petinos, the Minister for Small Business and Fair Trading. I'm just going to read what he said and we can talk about her response and then we'll look at what led up to this whole thing. So this is what Premier Perrote said last night. Today I spoke with the Minister for Small Business and Fair Trading, Eleni Petinos, after some further matters concerning her were brought to my attention. In light of these matters, Ms Petinos' service as a minister will cease with immediate effect, and I will write to the Governor in this regard tomorrow. Minister for Customer Services and Digital Government, Victor Dominello, will assume Ms Petinos' portfolio responsibilities. So basically, he sacked her. Which With is immediate yeah, effect. Which is incredible, really, because usually premiers would say, I spoke to a minister and they have resigned. Yeah. It, it's really quite unusual for them to be sacked so abruptly like that. Yeah, which kind of suggests that the rumours about her being um, a fairly... Uh, Acerbic. Yes, a person mm. who's not prepared to give an inch on much may be true. May Perhaps, be true. but they are allegations at this stage. We don't really know, but I guess there'll be... Oh, inquiry into it. Yeah. <laughs> Yet another inquiry. Yeah. So I'll get you to read what her response was. Tonight the Premier informed me I would no longer be a minister in his government. I am proud of my work while I serve the people of New South Wales as Minister for Business and Minister for Fair Trading. I fought hard for small businesses who are the lifeblood of New South Wales and I will continue to advocate for them regardless of my role. No mention there of fair trading. The intense pressures and stresses of such important portfolios are significant for both staff and their minister. I thank my staff for their efforts in supporting me to deliver for the people of New South Wales. I would never intentionally offend anyone or make them feel uncomfortable, and if I did, I am truly sorry. I pursue politics to make a positive difference and will continue to do so proudly as the member for Miranda. Well, as you interrupted yourself in mid-speech there... Um, no mention of fair trading except to say that she was a fair trading minister. Mm. And this is one of the things that bothered people about her appointment in the first place. To take a fairly junior uh, parliamentary secretary, which is a role, you know, mm. in politics, and give her two portfolios in her first ministry. And two really big portfolios. Yeah. And we've always said that fair trading was a training wheels. Ministry, which we a lot of people in Strata really resent. Yeah. But to give a junior minister two portfolios, one of which is fair trading, was just kind of insulting, really. 
Yeah, and it was interesting because I've phoned Eleanor's office many times for comments on fair trading matters, for strata matters really, and they've always just referred me back to the department. Right. And so a department spokesperson says, oh, they can't comment or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So they, they will never, she will never comment on fair trading matters. And it just feels to me that her focus was completely on small business. Yeah. And this was at a time when of huge upheaval in the apartment uh, business, you know, industry. Mm. You've got David Chandler, you know, basically trying to clean things up with, uh, you know, dodgy certifiers and dodgy developers. And you've got a minister you couldn't even get a comment out of about mm. anything to do with apartments. Mm. In fact, one of the very, very few comments that she did make was when a member of the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party said that he believed David Chandler might have misled Parliament in answering a question, and she immediately ordered an inquiry, an internal mm. inquiry into it, mm. which I hasten to add... Completely cleared him. Yes. Mm. Let's put this in a kind of timeline. You've got David Chandler, who's working his backside off to clean up the apartment development industry. You've got a minister there who is totally focused on small business mm. and seems to be giving him no support whatsoever. And then this spurious allegation about misleading parliament comes up and she immediately jumps in mm. and says, okay, we want an inquiry. Fast forward to Monday last week, David Chandler says, having just announced he had extended his contract by a year to September next year, announces that he will, in fact, be leaving in November this year. Mm. Then came the allegations in the newspapers that she had been accused of bullying her staff, that she had a huge turnover of staff in her office, mm. and even in her constituency office, mm. which she denied. And then Premier Perote, who was in Japan and India at the time, uh, basically said, look, you know, he supported her. This was an an anonymous allegation that had been made. And (laughs) and, and then it turned out it wasn't anonymous at all. The the person who'd made the allegation had done it on an official paper with her name and her department and then promptly been sacked. Yes. So Dominic Perrottet comes back to Australia. And then on Sunday night, we get the news that Eleni Petinos has gone. And now the big question on all strata people's lips, really, is, is David Chandler going to rescind his reg- resignation? Is well, Dominic Perrottet <clears throat> going to ask him? My feeling, and this is based on nothing, um, <laughs> is he's got until November to Carry on work out him. his contract, which he will now be allowed to do. Now that the minister with whom I hear he had very cool relations, he can get on with his job, he can continue doing that. He's not being undermined or white-handed mm. by anyone, I would think. Um, the, people would have to be very careful now mm. about taking him on. And it may well be that when we get round to September or October, he'll say, oh, look, the Premier has asked me to stay on. And, and, and I'll do that. And I'll do that. I think yep. that's the most likely thing to happen. Because it will be much more quiet and much more <laughs> Just, dignified yeah. rather than... Yeah, look, I've done a U-turn, another yes. U-turn. Yes. I'm, I'm just spinning around here. Mm. He's uh, it, he could very quietly just announce, or not even announce, just sign the contract and say, oh, "I'm going to stay on." Mm. And we have uh, Victor Dominello back as 
temporary one would assume, mm. um, fair trading minister. Yeah, and he was a good fair trading minister. He was great. Yeah, he actually made a lot of progress in in the space. Yeah, probably more progress than anybody else who's held the the position for many years, really. Well, you had. So I'm quite pleased to see him back. You had Anthony Roberts kind of grandfathered the the change of strata law back in 2015, um, and but it was Victor Dominello who drove it through Parliament, mm. and he, it's basically very much seen as his his laws that were changed. And he was really good when he was in office. You know, he he would listen. Mm. I mean, I remember. We, especially you, approached him about the whole thing with sunset clauses. Mm, that's and he right. immediately announced that there would be changes in the law and then got the law passed through. And that law has now been passed in, I know Victoria saw what New South Wales was doing with sunset clauses and said, yeah, we'll, we'll have that as well, thanks. Yep, fantastic. So, so and that was Victor Dominello listening, mm. realising there was a problem and doing something about it. Yep which is very different from somebody who is totally distracted with her other portfolio mm. and who wouldn't even answer phone calls. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, but what, what will they do? Will they bring in another trainee minister? Will they give them both portfolios? It's an absolute disgrace, isn't it? Fair trading is a huge ministry. Yeah. You know, it's a huge department. Out of every department there is, this one kind of touches more people's lives than any other directly. Right. Yeah. And you kind of think we want an experienced person in there, yeah. someone who's interested and someone who's not using it just as a as stepping a, stone. Yeah, to, to another, uh, you know, notch in their career. Yeah. yeah. So we, we want somebody in there who's, I mean, I think at one point you said how many ministers, there'd, different ministers there'd been in this ministry yeah. over a pretty comparatively short period of time. Yeah. Some of them just for for a matter of months. Mm. Although I think Eleni Petinos takes the record for being the only minister in the history of the New South Wales government who's been sacked from two portfolios in their first year of office. Right. <laughs> That's not a very proud record to hold, is it really? <laughs> no. um, but there are other, uh, let's say, just say stains on her CV that, <laughs> that people tend to... Mm. bring up um, now and again. So I guess it's watch his space, really. And it is a space. I mean, Victor Dominello, capable man though he is, he's got this whole data hub thing happening. Mm. And that's that's going to be a big focus for him. Whoever comes into fair trading is going to very soon find that all the laws that have been sitting fairly dormant for the past few months – couple of years, in fact, relating to short-term letting. Mm. Well, short-term letting hasn't been an issue because we haven't had any tourists for two years. They're going to be coming back. People are suddenly going to realise, hang on, did we not pass a bylaw saying that we can't have short-term lets in our apartment blocks? Mm. Yep. And finding out how that actually plays out. And basically, you've also got the changes in the building industry that David Chandler has been pushing through. And that's not finished yet. Mm. So whoever takes over fair trading, apart from all the other stuff, you know, the the broken toys and dodgy domestic (laughs) equipment, kettles and washing machines and and mechanics and, and, and real estate and all the rest of it, 
Maybe they'll get John Minns, the invisible man of the real estate industry. He's he's our property services commissioner. Mm. Of course, he's a public servant, you see. He's not mm. a politician. No, 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 no. Yeah. So he's completely different space, really. But maybe they'll make him fair trading. Com- no, they've got a fair trading commissioner. That's another yes. an invisible woman. Is, uh, you know mm. who the fair trading commissioner is? I have no idea. No, I know who she is. I've seen her picture. But, I mean, basically she was appointed and then kind of disappeared. Mm. I'm sure I'll she's get- working very hard. Yeah, I've tried to get comment from her too about various issues and had no success either. No, they just yeah. don't want people to no. talk to them. Yeah. So who would it be? I mean, how about uh, Mark Coure seems to be, uh, be a rising star. Yeah. Do we want a rising star? Do we want somebody who's ambitious and is just going to stop there for a, a short time and then move on? It's very interesting that what has happened at the last reshuffle and they kept it very quiet You've got Anthony Roberts, who's in charge of planning and homes, is it? Or housing or whatever. And very quietly, they shifted the infrastructure of the fair trading website Mm. over to planning. So that now lives in the planning thing, even though you still go through fair trading. Eventually, when you click on the thing asking for information, suddenly you're in the planning department. I wonder if they are going to say, look, let's just tidy this up. Fair trading or strata, strata, not just fair trading, strata is now part of housing, which would make sense. And all the other bits of fair trading, we can give that to a junior minister to play with in their sandbox until they prove themselves to be capable of something a bit more challenging. That would make sense. Um, apart from anything else, Anthony Roberts is an experienced and capable politician. I mean, he's a bit right-wing for my taste, but uh, it's okay. We get on all right. Mm. But uh, I think that's that's probably... This is their opportunity to do something they should have done years ago. Take strata out of fair trading. Now, the nabobs of fair trading will fight this tooth and nail because it's such a big element in their department. But that's the whole point. It's too big an element for them to deal with. So that's my prediction. Hmm. Okay, well, we'll see what happens by next week when we well, record well, another podcast. Maybe we should start recording on a Monday morning <laughs> than a Sunday, na- a Sunday afternoon so that they can't sneak any more of these decisions through. Mm. All right, Sue, thanks. Um, when we come back, we are going to resume our original podcast and talk about a couple of curious decisions that have been made in NCAT, one relating to fire safety in a castle and the other one Mm -hmm. is relating to pets pets are back hooray we like (laughs) pets pets always get a good run by the way last week when we were running our stories about david chandler our uh, readership of the flat chat website absolutely shot up to more than a thousand a day wow that's incredible yeah i think so so uh David for King. (laughs) (laughs) Always helps the ratings. (laughs) And on that note, um, we'll take a short break. Here at Flat Chat, we're always telling people that one of the benefits of apartment living is that you can just lock up and leave when you want to take a holiday. Well, if you're looking for some inspiration on where to go to make the most of your freedom, take a look at mildrover.com, our website for seasoned travellers. 
It has news, reviews, and special travel deals in which you can literally save thousands of dollars. That's M I L D R O V E R.com, the website that takes you somewhere fantastic, even if you don't leave home. So, what are these cases that have come up, Jimmy? What's well, happened? Well, a couple of tribunal cases. One of them is it's a building in Mossman. Um, it's a unique building. Mm. It's, uh, I think, eight or ten stories high, and every story is an apartment. Okay, so this is on the north shore of Sydney. Yeah. yeah. And it's called The Castle. There's just headlines. (laughs) 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 They're writing themselves. Yes. And at some point, some of the people on the higher floors had removed the bit of wall beneath their windows to extend their windows down because it's got fabulous views right down the harbour. Yep. Yeah. And those walls, which are 900 centimetres high, nearly a metre high, Mm. are basically part of the fire uh, safety aspect. They stop fire coming Mm. from an apartment below up into the one above. Mm. That's one of their functions. Mm. So they removed them and so they had basically um, ceiling to floor windows. Without permission? No. No, they got permission. Oh, okay. They they passed a bylaw to do this. Mm. So it's not on every apartment. The lower apartments don't need it. Mm. So they've they've got sort of horizontal views out. But the higher apartments were, you know, the view was slightly obstructed. So they did this and they installed drop-down fire curtains to replace the walls. Right. There's a name for those things which escapes me at the moment, but I didn't know what it actually meant, so I had to Mm. look it up, so there's no point saying it anyway. It's a little wall under a window that stops fire spreading up Mm. from the floor below. One of the owners in another apartment was told after a fire inspection he was going to have to put three smoke alarms in his apartment. He didn't want to do it uh, for whatever reason, came up with some various reasons for why that was less effective than these walls that had been removed and he basically said if you will force me to put smoke alarms in my apartment I'm going to force you to reinstate those walls because they were put in he said illegally technically they should have had a special resolution for the changing of common property sure. actually they had a bylaws passed which require a special resolution so it all gets very technical mm. and, and lawyery mm. but you know there was things like they were saying smoke alarms are less effective because there's a 15% chance that they'll fail but then that's a good idea to have three then isn't it and somebody did the maths mm. and they said the chances of all three smoke alarms failing is like one in 300 so mm. It, mm. you know it's it's not three times 15%. It's yeah. 15% of 15% of 15%. So, you know, you can imagine the technical arguments that have gone on. And basically, the tribunal said, look, don't be silly. Off you go. Get your smoke alarms fitted. And we are not going to make these people reinstate. Sure. That right. would be a small price to pay for having a much better view, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Now, the other one is another pet story. And this one is about a couple who have a French bulldog in their home with permission. Mm-hmm. The owner's corporation, they'd done the application and, and everything. Where's this apartment building? Somewhere in Sydney. Okay. 
and they had applied to have a second mm-hmm. French bulldog. Now, they, I think the building has the basic pet bylaw, which is you have to ask for permission, but it cannot unreasonably be refused. Mm. So they um, they got permission for one dog, and they asked for permission for a second dog called Peach. Oh, that's what's the first dog called? I don't know. Oh, and, uh, Apple. I don't know. It's, it will be in the story on the website. I just don't have the papers in front of me. So they basically said, we want a second dog. And the owners corporation, the, the strata committee came back and said, nah, we, we, we know we gave you permission for the first dog, but we're not giving you permission for a second dog because that'll set a precedent. And we don't think, you know, we, you should have two dogs. Oh, that seems mean. And then there I was, mean, dogs can really keep each other company. Absolutely. They mm. become much less whiny and barky often mm. if yeah. there are two of them. Sure, because if somebody's having to go to work after being working from home for a long time and stuff, yeah. sometimes dogs can get really lonely and uh, then to have a little companion. So the tribunal, there was evidence um, from the owners' corporation, from the strata committee, that uh, there had been complaints about the the dog running around the fence line. Or they must have a backyard, so it's probably a townhouse. Mm. Running along the fence line and intimidating a neighbour while she was hanging out her washing. But the dog can't get over the fence no, or under the no, fence. No. And French bulldogs are quite little, aren't they? They are. They're like pugs with pointy ears. Yeah. Ugly and dogs, really, to be honest. Not I to the people who love them. No, of course not. <laughs> It's like telling somebody their baby's ugly. All babies are ugly, but you never tell their parents for some reason. And the tribunal member said, this isn't evidence that this dog has behaved badly. It's a complaint by the neighbour. That's a very different thing. Mm. You know, if it was like three neighbours say this dog's running around intimidating people and barking and whatnot, that would be different. But this is one neighbour who just doesn't want two dogs. She doesn't want one dog beside her. She definitely doesn't want two. Mm. And so they rejected the complaint and uh, they have told the owner's corporation to give permission to Peach to move in. Okay. So everything's peachy. Oh, Oh, God. Did you tell this story just so you could say that line, Jimmy? No, and I thought seriously about saying it just before I said it, but I think I think it works. I, th- I think that's a good decision, really, because yeah, my niece has got fish, and some buildings say, oh, you can only have one, or you can only have two pets. Well, she must have 20 fish in her tank. Really? Mm. So, your um, niece? Is my that niece? my niece? Not your it? niece, too, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. So, um, you know, I think it's a bit Is this the one with seven cats? Yes, that's right. I think... She just has. I think fish is the least of her problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, she can get the two together, and then she won't have to buy any cat food for a while. Oh, mm. right. But yeah, I, I think two animals. We have two cats, yes. and I think if we just had one cat, the one cat would be quite lonely in lots of ways. Yeah, I think so. And they like playing together and running around and, and fighting, fighting. yeah, stealing each other's food, mm. just like children, but, um, really. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We got through quite a lot very quickly there. Um, thanks, Sue, for uh, chatting to us again today. You're welcome, Jimmy. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, 
flatchat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.